Good morning. Welcome, everybody. Special welcome for those of you who have come to Chutz La'aretz. Welcome. And a thank you to our Sadran, Israel. And uh, it is always nice to see students of mine. So welcome to you, too. Today, our topic for today is the is clothing in Tanakh. Clothing in Tanakh deserves really a course, a year-long course. We're going to try to condense it into uh, whatever we can, into an hour. And maybe next year we'll continue clothing part two. Tanakh generally minimizes in description of detail. When Tanakh expands on detail, we always have to ask, why is Tanakh expanding? We're rarely told what people eat. If we are told what people eat, it is because it's significant for the story. When they eat the nizid, right? When Yaakov prepares the nizid, the word nizid holds in it mezid, which is malicious. So that's echoed there. So, But we're not told details. Lechem is generic for a meal in Tanakh. We're not told what utensils people use. They have a, a fork, a spoon. We're not told what they use. A gavia is mentioned. And even that is because it's very important for the story. However, when we come to clothing, we go into great detail. Just in Sefer Bereshit alone, notice the clothing we have. We have Chagorot, we have Kutanot Or, we have something that's called Aksut Einayim, we have a Tsaif, we have a Ketonet Pasin, and we have Bigdei Hamudot. And that's just in Bereshit alone. So we see there's great detail. In almost every single parsha in Sefer Bereshit, you'll find a mention of clothing in some way or the other. So clearly Tanakh emphasizes the clothing. And what we're going to try to do today is see what is the meaning, what is the metaphorical meaning of clothing in Tanakh. In Tanakh and in the ancient world in general. In our lives, clothing, clothed today, clothing play many different roles. Besides to the just to keep us warm and to clothe us, we have clothing that are for the function of the job. You can't be an astronaut without an air suit. You can't be a firefighter without a certain suit. And a doctor has a certain type of clothing. So just like clothing play many different roles in our life, we will see in Tanakh too, the clothing played different roles other than the obvious. On the basic level, and again when I say basic level, I mean other than the obvious, the clothing was a person's identity. Clothing, make, the process of making clothing was an expensive, costly process. People did not own a wardrobe of clothing. People did not stand in front of a closet and say, I have no clothes to wear, what should I wear today? <laughs> in Tanakh time, a poor person, at best, had one set of clothing. And I say at best because Yishayahu talks, Kitir e'eron uchzito. Sometimes they barely have that. The poor person's poor clothing used, used for clothing during the day and at night functioned as his bedding. That's how expensive it was. People were, ident- were known by their clothing. If you recall in the story of Eliyahu, when Ahaziah sends messengers to Baal Zavuv and they cross by Eliyahu's path, they come back to Ahaziah and Ahaziah says, tell me, what did that man look like? Ma mishpat ha'ish hazeh? And the servants answer, Ish bal is bal se'ar, long hair, and a leather belt. They identify him by his clothing. 
sort of like the man with the yellow hat. So this is the man with the leather belt. That's how people were identified by. If you remember the story of Baalat Ha'ov, that Shaul, when Shaul goes to her to raise Shmuel from the dead, you actually have the source on your source sheet. Look on source, in your source sheet, source we'll get to a couple times, on the second page, on source num- number 13. The last line on the page. Shaul, after she, she, she is raised, Vayomela Mata'ovo. What does this man look like? Vatomer ish zakenhu ote meil vayeda shaul kishmuelhu. He's wearing a coat. Maybe that coat is missing a piece of fabric. And Shaul says, I have the missing piece here in my hand. Who knows? But he identifies him by the coat. The coat was the trademark of people. That's how they identified him. That's a bit one basic level. Another basic level of clothing is that was this people's status. People in different status of people wore different types of clothing. So lower level people had certain type of clothing. Higher level people in society had a different level of clothing. We have that until they Mark Twain's Prince and the Pauper that's expressed the changing of the clothing. So each people had a different level. And from that, we also have not only the different status, but clothing became, became a person's dignity. When man is expelled from Gan Eden, God gives him kutnot or, which we're going to talk at length about that today. And that is a way of, even though he sins, he is not demoted to level of animal, he is superior to animal. How is that superiority expressed? By the kutonah, by extra clothing that he is given. The bigadim of the Kohen Gadol are described as Basita Bigdei Kodesh La'arona Chicha Lechavod Ulitif Eret. They are man's dignity. And a poor person, the Torah tells us, you have to be very careful with his dignity. And we have many laws regarding Yochot Chabalah, which have to do with when you take clothing as collateral. And you have to make sure to return it on time and you don't enter the house of the poor person. This is not just talking about clothing per se, it is trying to say you have to look out for the poor person's dignity. And of course, the story of Yosef, another story we'll be delving in today, Vayafshitu et Yosef et Kutanto, et Ketonet Hapasim Asher Alav, is stripping Yosef of his dignity. So clothing, serve as a man's dignity, serve as a man's honor. But today I want to focus not on those ideas. Today I want to focus on other ideas within the clothing. Two ideas that come up in Tanakh. In order to figure out any concept in Tanakh, we always have to go to the first time clothing, the concept is mentioned. The first time clothing is mentioned is in the story of creation. Let's look into source number one that you have. I'm not going to start with the first lines. I'm going to go to the fourth line. God is the first tailor, hence Lord and Taylor. And God makes man, God makes man his clothing. God gives man the first set of clothing. What are these clothing? God makes skin clothing, leather clothing. These are two different interpretations, skin or leather. In the commentaries, they all try to understand what are these skin clothing. One of Rashi's suggestions is skins of rabbit in order to warm them up. Ibn Ezra says that man was created with not the layer of, of, of 
the layer of skin that we have today. Man was created bone and flesh. And God adds to it now that layer of skin. Yesh Omrim, I'm quoting Ben Ezra. You don't have any sheets. Ki betchila hayu etzem uvasar ve'ata charam aleha or. What's interesting is, with these clothing, is that man already has clothing. When God makes these kutanot, or man has clothing, they made themselves out of fig leaves, these clothing. So they make themselves out of So what is the function of these extra kutanot? So true, you might say, you might argue, that fig leaves might not last a very long time, and the kutanot or could. But... We're going to suggest something based on a different edition of the text of the Torah. If you look on the fifth line of source number one, we have Rabbi Meir's edition. The Torah Rabbi Meir, it does not say skin, garbs, it says kutanot o, with an aleph. Now I do want to stress, this isn't a, 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 this isn't a mistake, an aleph and the im. Many Israelis and Americans confuse an aleph and an im. An aleph and an im in biblical Hebrew were not confused. An aleph and an ayin in biblical Hebrew were not confused. They were two diff- completely different sounds. If there are any teimanim here among teimanim, they still sound different today. They were completely different sounds here. He's, the text of Rabbi Meir says kutanot, or I believe that that's his interpretation. These, it's not that he had a, a typo. That he misheard, that someone was reading out to him, Kotanot Or, and he wrote it wrong. So his understanding of the text is that it, origi- that it originally was written, Kutanot Or. And the question is, what is the meaning of this Kutanot Or, and how does it help us shed light on this on these story? God has clothing. If you look in source number one, the first two lines, Hod vehadar lavashta, ote or kasalma. God's clothing are described as or, ote or kasalma. When Rabbi Meir tells us that he gives, that God gives man kutanot o, it is Rabbi Meir's saying, way of saying is, these aren't fabric pieces. God is giving man something divine. Even though God is expelling man from Gan Eden, nonetheless, he is not, he is not expelling Milishnei Hashem entirely. There is some godliness that is going to escort man, though he is leaving Milishnei Hashem. And that's expressed in these kutanot or. These kutanot or, we would say, is the spirituality that man leaves with Ganeden. This idea of, ma- of begadim, expressing spirituality, appears in several sources. If you look on the third line in, of source one, Ruach Elohim Lavsha et Gidon. Ruach Elohim Lavsha, Lil Bosh, a man is dressed with spirituality. And this appears in a few times, as per Zechariah ben Yoyada, Vatilbash, also Ruach Elohim. I want us to open up in the Tanakh, in Zechariah Perek Gimel. Pass Gimel. Open up in your Tanakhim, please. Zechariah of Nevi'eh Bait Sheni, in one of his visions, he sees Yehoshua ben Yotzadak, the Kohen Hagadol, standing in front of God in um, soiled clothing. Let's read Perek Gimel, Pasuk Gimel. 
Zechariah, towards the end of Trey Asar. The Yoshua Hayalavush Begadim Soim. Yoshua is wearing contaminated clothing, soiled clothing. The Omed Lifnei Hamalach. Vayan Vayomer El Haomdim Lefanav Leimor. Hasiru Habgadim Hatsoim Mealav. God says, remove the soiled clothing. What are these soiled clothing? So if clothing is spirituality, then soiled clothing is a blemish in spirituality. All the commentators, Rashi, Radak, Mitsudo, point out the soiled clothing are so imin I'm just going to read Radak. Mush, that this is a mashal for the sin because the children, descendants of Yoshua, have intermarried non-Jewish wives. So tzoim minachet. And then God says, dress him with new clothing. Halbesh otcham machalatzot. Machalatzot are uh, expensive, elaborate clothing. Based on the mashal, what would that mean? Machalatzot. Dress him with his zichuyot. Take off the avono, take off the sins, and dress him with schuyot. He says, and I'm reading from um, Rashi. The avon are the contaminated soiled clothing. The schuyot are bgadim na'im. So back to Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir's clothes. When Rabbi Meir says that God gives man clothing, he is giving him a presence of God. When man sins, man blemishes that presence of God. And based on this, I want to offer a different interpretation for a very well-known story, which I assume you all, you were sure we would be seeing today, and we are. Open up to source number eight. When after Shaul sins by not listening to God and taking of the spoils of Amalek, Verse 24. Forgive me, I have sinned. All these excuses, very lame, very late. You have rejected God's word and God has now have rejected you. Anybody who's familiar with the sugiya, there's a well-known machloket, who grabs onto whose coat and whose coat is torn. We won't get into that. We're going to take right now the interpretation is that as Shmuel is going to leave, he grabs on into, onto Shaul's coat and tears his, clo- his coat and he gives it a symbolic meaning your coat is now being torn away now everyone generally understands this to mean as this is a symbol of tearing the melucha which is what it says in the pasuk based on, on our interpretation this morning it is not only tearing the melucha it is a blemished coat it is a torn coat and in the very, if you're following in the Tanakh, in the very next Perek, Perek Tetzayin, Pasuk Yedalin in Shmuel, Beruach Adonai Sarah Me'im Sha'ul. The torn coat 
is losing a certain level of spirituality of God, and God leaves him. The Ruach Adonai Sara Me'im Shaul. Perhaps one can say that the function of the clothing in Tanakh is very similar. If you're familiar with the story of the picture of Dorian Gray and the painting, what happens to the painting of Dorian Gray? The more corrupt he becomes, the more ugly the painting becomes. That's what's happening to clothing in Tanakh. The corruption of a person blemishes the coat. An idea which we will get back to. But I want to get to another idea of clothing in Tanakh. Clothing do not only, it's not only about spirituality. Clothing have another function in Tanakh. Clothing are the second layer of the skin. Clothing represents the personality. Tanakh is very minimalistic also with emotions. Many times the description of the clothing is really describing the inside of a person. There's a certain symbiotic relationship between the clothing and the man. Perhaps this is also expressed in that machloket between Rabbi Meir and the Nusach that we have today. Kutanot ol and kutanot or. Kutanot or with an ayin is a non, non-transparent substance. It is something that is intended to cover. Or is a transparent cup substance, something that is intended to reveal. According to Rebbe Meir, the purpose of clothing is not to cover. It is to reveal something. It tells us something about the person. That is kutanot or, which I find on just on a, on a, as a side point to notice, that is Rebbe Meir that manages to see always through the covers. Rebbe Meir was well known as the Talmud of Elisha ben Avuya. And Rabbi Meir is the only one who man succeeds to uncover the klipa, the external of Elisha ben Avuya. And he follows the heretic Elisha ben Avuya until his death day and refers to him as his Rebbe. And as the Gemara Chagiga says about Rabbi Meir, Rimon Masa, Tocho Achal, Klipato Zarak. Rabbi Meir manages to see the inside. And that's Rabbi Meir views the Bugadim. The purpose of Bugadim reveals, tells us something about the person who, what, he who bears the clothing. Here. The clothing practically receives the identity of the person who owns them. And it's very interesting. When someone takes someone else's clothing, he is transformed into that personality. A famous story is when the story when if you want to take when the story of Aaron gives his bgadim to Elazar and he becomes going to become the next Kohen. But a few other famous examples. Do you recall when Eliyahu throws this garment to Elisha and Elisha picks up the garment and wears it? He's going to become somewhat an Eliyahu. And as a matter of fact, he's always going to be grappling with this problem. Is he an Elisha or is he the zealous Eliyahu? Is he more the Eliyahu, uh, I would say, prophet of uh, zealousness? Or does he have that certain warmth and more emotional, uh, kind side of Elisha? That coat really really tells us he is part of Eliyahu, and he can't take that away from him. When Yaakov takes Bigdei Esav HaChamudot, Yitzhak is going to say, Hakol Kol Yaakov, 
Hayadayim yedei Esav. It doesn't just mean that these, it's, this, oh, this feels the texture of Esav. What it means to tell us, what the text is trying to tell us in the subtext here, is he has taken, by ta- taking the Bagadim, he is taking over the traits of Esav. That's who he is becoming. Hayadayim yedei Esav. If you look in source number 10 on your source sheets, When David HaMelech escapes from Shaul in Midim. <sighs> ועשית לו כשהייתה בעיניך ויקום דוד ויכרות את כנף המעיל אשר לשאול ולאפס דוד תרס בקוט של שאול הוא מתכוון הוא מתכוון חלק מהקוט אם אתם תקחו את הקוט של מישהו אחר זה מתכוון אם אתם חושבים על ההיסטוריה של דוד זה ההיסטוריה פרק חפאי David almost becomes Shaul. David is going to arrive to, at, the, at the household of Naval HaKarmeli. That's the story with Abigail and Naval. And is going to kill a city, a household of innocent people. Very much re-echoes the story of Nov. He is becoming a Shaul. That is expressed by that Kanaf HaBeged that he takes. Eventually, he does not become like Shaul because he will restrain himself right afterwards and he feels guilty for doing this. And he regrets doing this. And that's what's going to protect him from becoming like a Shaul. So, the clothing transfers the identity of a person. His own identity becomes part, one and part of the clothing. And if we follow clothing, we will see that not only do they give the identity, they give great deal of emotion. The clothing will provide the reader the subtext of the story. The clothing will provide the reader with some extra fabric, an extra, we would say, piece of tapestry in a story. The famous example I said we would touch, touch on today is in the story of Yosef. If you look in your source sheet on page number one, Verse 3, section 3, source number 3. The verse doesn't say that he bought him a ketonet pasim. The verse doesn't say that he gave him a ketonet pasim. What does the verse say? He made him. Making someone a me'il is a motherly action. Reminds us very much Chana. Ume'il katon ta'aseh livna. Ta'aseh lo'imo. His mother makes him. The Torah expresses in these three words, ve'asa lo'kton et pasim, four words. All of Yaakov's love, his love to Rachel, the painful lacking of Rachel in Yaakov's life, and the painful lacking of a mother to Yosef. 
All of that is expressed in that Ve'asalo ketonet pasim Yosef Where's this ketonet? Yosef puts his own emotions Into this ketonet Yosef lives up to the ketonet he, he is the ketonet He spoke about that identity Between the person and his ketonet The ketonet clearly Reflects superiority People with long clothing Shadal points out did not go out to work in the fields. They wore short clothing. Yosef, by wearing the ketonet, living the ketonet, and dreaming dreams of grandeur, is living the ketonet. Yeah. And he flaunts out this ketonet, even when his father sends Yosef to try to make peace with his brothers. Lech he goes out wearing the ketonet. We know that, first of all, because they'll take the ketonet off of him. But they identify him from afar. Walking around, prancing with this ketonet. And when the brothers shred the ketonet, it's clearly what they would have liked to do to their brother. When they rip up the ketonet, they're really tearing up their brother. Any psychologist can tell you that. tapasim is what they would, they would have done to Yosef. And when Yaakov says, the subtext is telling us it is the brothers are these chayot ra'ot achalatu. I want you to open up here in your Tanakh and Perek Lamed Zion to see something interesting here. Not on your source sheets. Chapter 37, the very end of the chapter. Starting from verse 29. Bereshit. Bereshit. Chapter by Parashat Vayeshev. Verse 29. Reuven goes back to the boar, to the pit. Reuven tears his clothing. Also just notice, at the end, verse 34 in the same chapter... Vayikra Yaakov Simlotav Vayasem Sak Bimotnav. This is all a story about clothing. The significance of tearing clothing in Tanakh. We said clothing is a second layer of skin. What a person really would have liked to do is to tear himself up. It is such great mourning that a person would have liked to tear his own flesh. He doesn't do that. What does he do? It's the second thing closest to his skin is his clothing. But some of you may have noticed that there is a difference between the tearing of Reuven's clothing and the tearing of Yaakov's clothing. Yaakov tears Simlotav, Reuven tears Begadav. Rabshim from Shomron Rafael Hirsch, who deals a great deal with etymology of words, has a fascinating comment here. In general, many words of that describe clothing are connected with deception. Beged, bgida, meil, meila. We even have in more modern Hebrew bad. And is anybody familiar with sipure badim, which means false babamises, false stories? And we can add to that fabric and fabricated. And for obvious reasons, the clothing come many times to cover up. When Ruvain tears his clothing, there is 
it's connected to a whole story of Begidah. I would even add, what does Reuben say as he's tearing his clothing? Hayeled eneno, va'ani ana ani. Echo in this word, me, me, me. He's not tearing it about Yosef. He's missing. Are what's going to be with ani, ani, ani? Vaikra begada. This isn't real mourning. This is worrying about himself. When Yaakov cries, Vaikra Yaakov simlotav. Simlot? That's, that's neutral. Begadim? Now, there's not exclusively. It doesn't mean every time begadim are used. It's with the context of deception. But when begadim, but generally, in deception, we will always have begadim. If you remember, big day, Esav, Hachamudot. That is a story of deception. So therefore, we have, we will have begadim there. Here. Okay. We're going to follow Yosef and his begadim because his, his clothing don't end here. In this Begad of Periklam and Zion, we met the clothing, which were really Yosef, his aspirations, his dreams, and the destruction and tumbling down of those dreams. Yosef, in chapter 39, goes down to Egypt. I assume he gets there a new set of clothing. I know he gets there a new set of clothing. As a matter of fact, on the pasuk that says, Vayafshitu et Yosef et kutanto et ketonet hapasim asher alav, Ibn Ezra comments, they took up his ketonet, ketonet hapasim, they take out everything, strip him down naked in order to humiliate him. So he goes down either naked or something very bare, essentials like some very insignificant piece of clothing, and he gets there a new piece of clothing. Yosef is very successful in the house of Potiphar, as we all know. And here we have the word beged mentioned once again. Let's open up to source number four. No one's home. He comes home. Rashi observes. Maybe he comes home because he knows no one's home. It's very hard to ignore the fact that does not only mean beged, it also means she catches the right point where she knows he can be boged now. He can be seduced. He can be convinced to betray his master. She reads. She reads him. He's feeling a little bit too comfortable in his new clothing. He likes his new clothing. And the question is, is he going to be boged or not? Earlier in the story of Yosef, Yosef holds on dearly to his coat, and that coat is stripped from him. Here, what does Yosef to tr- decide to do with his gadim? Here, Yosef gives up that piece of clothing. He gives up that new identity that he was building to himself that he decided this is not who I want to be. That's what he gives up. He gives up that blemished morality that we spoke about, that kutonet or that he does not want to be identified with. And when he gives up that kutonet, what's going to happen in the, a story or two later? Read source five. 
וישלח פרעה ויקרא את יוסף, ויריצוהו מן הבור, ויגלח ויחלף שים לא תאב. He is granted a new clothing, and in that same chapter, he, power is going to say about him, Here, he who gave up the blemished clothing, now is, receives a clothing of, of a, a moral clothing, which is expressed by Ruach Elohim. The brothers, on the other hand, still have a long way to go with their clothing. Reuven, first of all, Reuven was the only one that tore. And even there, when he tore, what does he tear? He tears his bagadim. He's still connected to the deception here. Let's open up to source six and the continuation of the story. When, after Yosef planted the gavia in the bag of Binyamin, and they begin the search, Vayechapes. בגדול החל ובקצון קילה, וימצא הגביע באמצחת בנימין. And what do the brothers do here? ויקראו שמלותם. This is when they do full tshuva. And if you're familiar with the Perek Mendalid, it is all about the tshuva of the brothers. And their complete tshuva is when they remove that identity, that blemished identity, and there's no better way of expressing the completion of their tshuva than source number seven. After Yosef reveals himself to his brothers, Full new clothing. Clearly, the point here is not to tell us that they all got a new Egyptian-looking suit. The point is to say that there, there, that there is appeasement in the family. Everything has come back full circle. A whole story of love, rivalry, jealousy, revenge, betrayal, loss, regret, and forgiveness was all told through. A piece of clothing. The clothing is a reflection of the soul. And I want you to look on um, the page number three. Source 21 is a beautiful poem which I could not find the author. And I also couldn't find translation into English. So I will paraphrase that the Hebrew is so beautiful. And I know many of you are Hebrew speakers. Me'il Bad. It talks about the Me'il of Shmuel's that his mother makes for him. But in everything that is said here is true regarding the clothing that we studied about. Me'il bad shal pshitut hulovesh. Me'il ha'asui mishchavot korabot. He wears a clothing, clothing made of many different layers, as man's soul is made of many different layers. Kaftorav hem shel osher, buttons of joy. Machpelotav hem yagon, vehem... Bears sorrow in it. Kol tefer v'tefer asuichut shel dmaot. Kikutanto shel Yosef, like the ketonet of Yosef, nispag habeged bedam, dam yeza uvechi damashal imo. In this coat, like ketonet Yosef, the mother's weeping, the mother's crying, the mother, and blood is all drenched in the coat. The coat reflects the emotion. Shehare habeged makrin, the clothing reflects the soul of a man. Makrin et otsmat levavo, the strength emotions of his heart. 
Habeged Chotam. The Beged is a man's signature and seal. Lo Yasur Yishe'er Mitato. The Beged is what a man weaves out of his life. And that's the metaphorical meaning of Begadim in Tanakh. The stories that we discussed up till now are stories of individuals. We're going to see similar concepts referred to on Israel as a nation in prakim that are very befitting to be studying in the week of Tisha B'Av. I want us to start out with Yirmiyahu, Perek Bet Hasuk Lamedalad. This is not on your source sheets. Yirmiyahu chapter 2, verse 34. I'm going to start from verse 33. The corner of your clothing reveals your sins. That's clearly what we've been expressing up to now. The clothing reveals a person's sins. Look in chapter 13 in Sefer Yermiyahu, verse 26. Vegam ani chasafti shulayich. Shulayich. Are the, is the hem of the coat. I've exposed the hem of your coat. You can see all of your acts of cruelty are written on your piece of clothing. Your clothing represents who you are. The clothing is an idea that appears in many Nevi'im, but especially in Nevi'im Yahu. Those of you who are already in Perak Yud Gimel, I want us to read a Nevi'ah in the beginning of Perak Yud Gimel. It also appears on your source sheets. If you don't have a Tanakh, it's in source number 18. The story takes place about 7-8 kilometers northeast of Jerusalem in Vadi Kelt Nachal Prat. Ko Hashem Yirmiyahu is saying, Go to the local clothing store and buy yourself a belt. And wear this belt. Now belts in ancient times were connected to what we started our class today. Also was showed the status of a person. What type of belt a person has. And he tells them wear this belt but don't wash this linen belt don't wash it wear it day after day and it gets very hot in the area of Nachal Prat this is the border of Midbar Yehuda and wear this and wear this again and again your brand new belt but don't make sure you don't wash it and I can just imagine your Miyahu walking around Yerushalayim 
and people uh, don't want to stand too close to your meow who's walking around with this belt that hasn't been washed in a very long time. Uh, as we said, lo bichdiya your meow is called, a navi is called a nishuga. And for it's not, it's for good reason that your meow is mocked out wearing these very, this very smelly belt that wraps around his waist. Finally, you can take that belt, that smelly, sweaty belt off. And go to Vadikelt Nachal Prat and put it there within the nooks of the, of the stone in the, in the water there. Very relieved to get rid of this belt. He takes it off and he puts it in the, in the inside the running water and some, some, some rock there, and some nook in the rock. Perhaps over a year. Remember that belt that you put over there in Nachal Prat? So now go back and take it. He goes to Prat to seek that belt. Takes out the belt. It is a shmata. A piece of linen that's been washed away. It is a shmata. And then we all ask, what is the meaning? And why is the metaphor that's used here a piece of clothing? And we don't even have to work too hard to try to figure it out because God is going to explain to Yermiahu what is the meaning. The purpose of this symbolic action is not for the public. The part of the smelly belt, I say would. But this whole thing is not done publicly. It's really to teach Yermiahu something. Many of the symbolic actions in Tanakh are to teach the Navi a lesson, to help the Navi internalize the message. If it's done publicly, then we say it's theatrics. If the symbolic action is done in private, like here, it is to teach the Navi a lesson. Something that the Navi is having a hard time internalizing, understanding, identifying with. And God's going to explain that through a piece of clothing. Clothing are a person's pride. And what happened to this? They became a shmata. That's what's going to happen to the pride of Am Yisrael. It is useless for me. Now in what way was the belt supposed to be of need for God? God's going to explain. The purpose of a clothing is to glorify the dresser. 
It says something about the identity. It tells us something about the status of the person wearing it. A person's belt that he wore, the azor, says something about his status. And this Am Yisrael were my glory and honor. They were the closest thing to me. Devek is the word that's used. And the azor is what's worn closest to the skin. They were the devek to God and they were the honor of glory. And they were supposed to be l'shem l'tiferet l'tiferet the amarta alehem betadavar ze kormad and ayel Yisrael and so on. So it goes into a different nevua. They no longer bring me glory. They make God stink. They make God look bad. This has to be. These nation has to be removed. If we spoke about the God, the clothing reflecting these, if Amitol are God's clothing, they reflect very badly upon God. Yirmiyahu has a heart. Yirmiyahu is, is, is a great Navi. Yirmiyahu has, I have so many students here that studied with me at length, say for Yirmiyahu. Yirmiyahu has the impossible job of being a lawyer for both sides. He has to represent Am Yisrael and represent God. And what God is trying to help Yirmiyahu here is understand God's pain and what God feels. You're not only supposed to be the advocate on behalf of Am Yisrael. Yirmiyahu needs to understand God's pain. And God, how God feels offended. And that's what God's trying to teach him here. Yirmiyahu, as in many of his nevuot, will bring a nevuat nechama that's going to fix this nevuah of the clothing. Let's go to source number 19 in Periklam and Gimel, which is very short nevuot nechama. Talking about Am Yisrael. Hineni ma'alela arucha umarpe urefetim vigileti lahem ateret shalom ve'emet. Am Yisrael will be healed and I will bestow upon them much peace. Ve'emet. Ve'eshaf yetshvut Yehuda ve'eshvut Yisrael. I will restore and accept the tshuva of Am Yisrael. Uvnitim kevarishona. And I will purify them. And they will once again be God's big day tiferet. They will glorify God with His clothing. And an interesting Yirmiyahu is describing these prakim at the erev hachorban. When are these prakim, when are these nevuot fulfilled of Am Yisrael being restored with their clothing? I want us to open up to Megillat Eicha, Perek Aleph. Perek Aleph, Pasuk Chet. Chet chata Yerushalayim Alken lenida hayata Kol mechabdea hiziluha Ki ra'u ervata Gam hi ne'enacha vatasho vachor Tum'ata b'shuleha Do you remember that word shuleha? It's the clothing. It's the hem of the coat. Chet chata Yerushalayim which is expressed in their clothing, the Shulayim, very much the style of Yirmiyahu that we saw today. 
And what is her punishment as a result of that? Read Pasuk Chet again. Ki ra'u ervata. She has to be removed of her clothing. The Bigan Yisrael, which are the Tiferet of God. What does God say? He has to remove the Tiferet. He has to be removed of their honor. And she has to be revealed in her nakedness. If you recall in the Perek Al Neharot Bavel, which ends, Zechor Adonai Livnei Edom et Yom Yerushalayim. Remember God, Bnei Edom, who cry out to the Babylonians, Aru, Aru, Ad Hayesodba. Says, I reveal, says they reveal the foundations. Make sure it's, er, uh, the word Ahu comes from the word Erva. Says, reveal the foundations, remove it from its honor and glory. That's what happens in the Chorban. Kigilta Ervata, she is removed of their honor and glory in the Chorban. Tumata Bishuleha. The chait of Amishrael expressed in their clothing. And the Navi of the Nechama that describes the restoration of the clothing is going to be Yishayahu. Let's open up to Yishayahu Perek Nun Bet, Navi Hanechama Bai Cheni. Yishayahu redresses Yerushalayim. Uri Uri Libshi Uzech Tzion. Now I want to give a parish which is not shot. But Uri, the word Uri, of course, means awaken. Galut in Tanakh is always asleep. Ani Yeshena Vilibi Er. And we have in Shira Malot, Meshuvah Hashem et Shivat Zion, Hayinu Kechomim, Galut is sleep and night, and Geula is daytime, and uh, an awakening. Uri, Uri. But the word Uri, even though it is sleep, maybe we can give, and I know this is not pshat, Al Derech Hadrash. It reminds us of Kutanot Or. Dawn upon yourselves, your kutanot that have been removed. Uri, uri, lifshi, uzech. And if we like very much the girsav, Rabbi Meir, kumi, ori, kiva, orech. Wear your clothing of light. Let's continue reading the pasuk. Uri, uri, lifshi, uzech, tzion. Lifshi, big day, tifartech. The Begatif Arada was removed in the time of Yirmiyahu, in the time of Korban. Now is the time leave she big Fartef. And of course we all want to know what are these big Tif Eret? Leave she big Kodesh. And it doesn't describe what those big Tif Ara are. The one who gives a beautiful explanation to what these big Tif Ara are is Rab Shlomo Al in his beautiful piece of poetry that we sing every Friday night, Lechadodi, he gives us an explanation. What ex- interpretation? What are these gadim? He tnaari me'afar kumi livshei bigdei Next word. Ami, my nation is the bigdei tifara of God. 
That's a pay that he, he's giving interpretation. What are the God's big day tifara? What are Yerushalayim's big day tifara? Yerushalayim's big day tifara are Am Yisrael. Let's read. We, we read, we began at the beginning of the class talking about Yosef. We're not at the end yet, but let's connect between Yosef and Yerushalayim in a beautiful midrash that appears on the back, on the, uh, backside, last source, source 22, Medrash Tanchuma. It's a long Medrash Tanchuma, which I did not bring the entire midrash. But the Midrash really ties all of our clothing together. Come see, everything that happened to Yosef happened to Tzion, to Yerushalayim, to Am Yisrael. There's a certain symbiotic relationship between Tzion and Yerushalayim and Am Yisrael. It says about Yosef, that God loves Yosef. And regarding Yerushalayim, it says, Ohev Adonai Tzion. Regarding Yosef, it says, He was hated. Regarding Tzion, She's also hated. Yosef Yosef is pulled up. Yermiao is also in a pit and is pulled up. And then the end of the Midrash goes on to say, In Yosef, he tears his clothing and mourns. Vayikra Yaakov Simlotav, and Sion becomes a Bechi and a Misped. Yosef refuses to, yeah, and Yosef, Yaakov refuses to accept comfort, and Sion, God refuses to accept comfort. And all the bad things that happen to Yosef happen to Yerushalayim, and likewise, the good things that happen to Yosef will happen to Yerushalayim, and this is the, the Pasuk that it brings. Be Yosef, it says, Vayalbeshoto bigdeshesh, uvetzion, uri uri livshi uzech, livshi uzech tzion, livshi bigdeshif artech. So even the Midrash here takes the same idea, says that the clothing is not really to be interpreted as a literal piece of fabric. The clothing is telling a story, and we have to follow the clothing in order to understand the story. Shai Adnon wrote a very beautiful short story in the book, in the compilation of stories, Ad Henna. And in this story, he describes a tailor who is uh, one, the governor, the Tsar, gives him the materials, and he says, make me a piece of clothing. And he's about to sit down and make the piece of clothing, but he gets distracted. He says, you know, I have all these other things I need to do, and all the, you know, I have to make someone, I have to hem someone's undershirt, and I have to fix this, and I have to fix that, and he doesn't get to it. And and the servants are knocking, he says, is it ready? He says, no, 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 but I'm going to do it right now. And he sits down to get to do it, and he gets distracted again. He says, the, 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 the candle is about to blow out, and I have very little time. I should really take, I should make sure to eat first before I take care of it. And he gets, time and again, he gets distracted, and then finally he starts working on it. And he says, you know what, maybe I'll go have it washed. It gets washed, when it gets washed away. And all he has all these stories that one story after the other. And the story ends with a very nice ending about our tailor. Clearly, and uh, Shai Agnon says this very clearly, is the Malbush, the, the Sar is God. And he says God has a lot more Rahamin than the minister. And the tailor is man. And man is given the materials to which he is supposed to weave his clothing. I'm a little bit adding to what Shai Agnon was going to say. And here, listen to what Shai Agnon has to say. Hasar 
And when I read the Sar as a minister, you can in your mind say Hakadosh Baruch Malbushim Yeshlo Harbe. He has many pieces of clothing. Our minister. He doesn't need this tailor's clothing. Our tailor. The tailor that lost the, fa- the materials, that lost the opportunity to make the malbush, what is he going to answer when he is asked, where is the malbush? What will man say when he asks at the end of days, what did you do with your kutonet or? How does your kutonet or look like at the end of days? Man is brought into this world with a kutonet or. That's how Sefer Bereshit begins. Man leaves, is escorted with a piece of clothing. Sefer Kohelet tells us, Make sure to watch to keep the cleanliness of the clothing. Man is brought into this world with his kutonot or. Man leaves this world with kutonot or with an aleph. Man leaves this world with a kutonot that reflects, as the poem said, makrin al hanefesh. What will this man's kutonot look like? We don't know. It is up to man to write it, to write up this story. Will his kutonot be a simla? Will his ketonet be a beged? Will his ketonet be a beged that lacks something? Will the ketonet be a beged levush bgadim tso'im? Will he seize the opportunity to take bgadim tso'im and make them into, as Zechariah says, machalatzot? And let's open up to our sources in source number two. In page, sorry, in page number Three. Source 15. And one last concept that I want to mention about Gadim that we find. In Gadim, one should never take someone else's beged. One who takes someone else's beged that does not belong to him will never see Hana'ah from that beged. Yaakov never benefits from that. That beggar that he stole will haunt him for the rest of his life. Right from the time the brothers come, hakerna haketonet. Do you recognize it? He remembers. I, I'm. He remembers that he deceived one day with a ketonet. He deprived his father from blessing his favorite son. He is now being deprived of that. And clearly, we saw that with the story. Well, besides the story of um, with the story of Yehuda and Tamar, which we didn't even mention, where Yehuda is deceived too for taking away the ketonet of Yehuda, David does not take the keton- David does not take away the ketonet of Shoal. He attempts, and he is going to be granted. Later on, Yonatan is going to give him his clothing. We're very much bothered with Shaul and his blemished clothing. Shaul who tries to grab on to his own clothing and not give up his clothing. That will only be rectified years later by his great, great, great granddaughter. 
ביום השלישי ותלבש אסתר מלכות. And I want to end with talking about Aaron Cohen, whose yardzeit is this week, the only yardzeit that's mentioned in Chumash. Aaron Cohen never takes away one's clothing, never steps on anyone's toes. No one's more humble other than Moshe, and then, then Aaron HaKohen. Let's read in source, I want to actually read from source, in source 16. Remember, Moshe gives all these excuses. I can't go, I can't this, I can't that. I'm, I, I don't speak well. Am Yisrael aren't going to listen to me. Power is not going to listen to me. Metaphorically, Aaron will not want, will not mind you taking the status. He will be happy for you. Rashi. You think he might be makpid, that he might be upset. He might resent that you have the clothing. He might resent... In other words, you having a kuchonet he doesn't have, a status you don't have. Umisham zacha aharon le'edei hachoshen hanatun al halev. And the one who does not take the clothing is granted the clothing. He is never, he does not take the clothing from Moshe. He is, does not object. His younger brother, this is a complete opposite story of the story of Yosef. The older brothers who object to the younger brother having the clothing. This is the, this is the tikkun of the story of Yosef. When Aharon and both brothers, Aharon does not object Yosef, the, uh, Moshe having the ma'ala. And therefore he receives the ma'ala. And he is the tikkun of, of Am Yisrael. And we'll end with pasuk, with source 15. Vinasa Aharon et shmot bnei Yisrael. He has the fixed me'il, the fixed corrected mitukan me'il, which bears on its breastplate all, all of Bnei Yisrael, the alibov of oil hakodesh, lizikaron lifnei Adonai, venatatal choshen hamishpat et haurim betaumim, vehayu alev aharon, the clothing express the heart of a man. Kotuv, shamsham.